Today, it is not popular nor considered intellectual to believe in the devil. However, even Antonin Scalia, the late justice of the Supreme Court, believed in the devil. Scalia was a devout Catholic and an intellectual's intellectual who always defended his faith against intellectual elitism. One day, Scalia baited an incredulous New York Magazine reporter with talk about Satan. I even believe in the devil, he said. Of course, yeah, he's a real person. Hey, come on, that's standard Catholic doctrine. I agree with Scalia. Belief in the devil and his demons is standard dogma for Protestants as well. Ephesians 6 and Daniel 10 point us to an invisible spiritual war happening all around us. Even Jesus believed in the devil and spoke often of him. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. You may think you have enemies, but when you get right down to it, you really only have one. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for tuning in. Well, believe it or not, the people who don't like you are not the enemy. Neither are terrorists, corrupt politicians, or serial killers. We all have one enemy, and his name is Satan. Today, Ron takes us to Daniel chapter 10 to remind us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the unseen forces of evil in the spiritual realm. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on your schedule. You can also subscribe to the podcast there or at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get yours. Now, from his teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon, how the prophecies of Daniel prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, Warfare, in the heavenly realms. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? You're in a spiritual conflict. And we see this in Daniel chapter 10 as this heavenly messenger, be it Gabriel, whoever it is, is in just, just almost a, a wrestling match with the prince of the kingdom of Persia and there's conflict going on and the prince of the kingdom of Persia is trying to keep the word of God from coming to Daniel and the answer to the prayer, it's a very real conflict, as real as anything we see in, in, in the physical realm. All of that to say that spiritual war is happening all around us, all around us. This, this is the testimony of Scripture. Oh, I know it's not intellectual to say that, to think that, even to say it out loud, to believe in the devil. We make one of two errors. We talk too much about him and think there's a demon under every bush, or we just blissfully go on thinking, you know, unawares of him. But the Bible... The Bible encourages us to remember we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What that means in my understanding is my mate is not my enemy, my, 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 my wife is not my enemy, my, my husband is not my enemy, um, uh, my pastor is not my enemy, my deacon or elder or church leader is not my enemy, uh, my, my, my fellow follower of Jesus is not my enemy, my, my, my grouchy boss is not my enemy. My weird neighbor is not my enemy. Okay, all these conflicts we have in the world, 
We as Christians wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, well, let's look at it, against the principalities, against the powers. Brings me to the second little aspect of this short course in spiritual warfare. Listen to this, neither Satan nor his demons are omnipresent, omniscient, or omnipotent. If you just want to write down, the omnis don't apply to them, all right? Omnipresent, that means everywhere at all time. Omniscient, they know everything. Omnipotent, all-powerful. These are divine qualities that only apply to God. Now, why do I say that the, neither Satan nor his demons are omnipresent? Because this heavenly messenger, back in Daniel chapter 10, is uh, in conflict with an entity he identifies as the prince of the kingdom of Persia, a demonic entity that has been assigned a geographic responsibility. Now, just, just take that in a Frank Peretti kind of way and expand that in your imagination. The devil can't be everywhere at all times. He's not omnipresent. He can't be in two places at one time any more than you and I can. He can't be in three or four places. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. Be careful here. He's not in everything. He's not in the trees and in the wind and in the stars. That's called pantheism. Don't slide into pantheism. He's not in everything, but He's everywhere. Okay? Uh, he, only he can be everywhere at all times. That's why David said in Psalm 139, where can I flee from your presence? Everywhere I go, you're there. Okay? Only God is omnipresent. The devil is not. So he, he, needs, he needs lieutenants and generals and, and, and uh, colonels, and he, he needs an army out there. And he, he brought with him in the rebellion one-third of the myriads and myriads and myriads of angels. They're called fallen angels, according to Isaiah and Ezekiel, demons. And he's had a long, long time to train them up to see that this one is better than this one. I'm going to assign this one over here and this one over here. And here's an assignment made to the kingdom of Persia. By now, the Persians, the Medes and the Persians have overtaken the Babylonians as the major Gentile world empire, okay? You better believe the devil's going to assign one of his demons to Persia. You block anything of, of God that's coming that direction. And an answer was coming from heaven through this heavenly messenger in response to Daniel's prayer, and they get in conflict with the king of Persia. Later, this heavenly messenger says, I got to go back and fight this dude because uh, not only is the prince of the kingdom of Persia there, but the, but the prince of Greece is coming. Of course, because we know from the prophecy and now from history that the Grecian empire overcame the Medo-Persian empire, which overcame the Babylonian empire, and the devil is going to keep one step ahead of that as best as he can and assign territorial responsibility. For that reason, I have no illusions that the devil, Satan himself, is spending any time on me personally. He's got bigger fish to fry. He'll spend his time around places where human power and authority and leadership is wielded. Make no mistake about that. 
places like capital cities, governments. Satan will spend his time there. But he will dispatch his uh, demonic entities and emissaries in these different places. The Apostle Paul describes it this way, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Think of it as a hierarchy of diabolical uh, management of the cosmos. And this heavenly messenger in Daniel 10 runs into one of them. And, and he is withstood for 21 days until support comes from Michael the archangel. Thirdly, by way of a short course in spiritual warfare, we must fight spiritual war with spiritual weapons, okay? 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 and 4 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, all right? The devil, his demons can get a stronghold in an area of your life and my life. Say, well, how, how, how do I get set free from that strong grip that he has on my life or on my family or, you know, generations of my family? Well, it starts by coming to the cross of Jesus Christ who came to set the captives free. See, apart from Christ, you're just, a, you're just the devil's POW. You don't know it, but you're the devil's POW until you come to faith in Christ. Then he sets the captive free, just like the Israelites after 70 years were set free. But a lot of them lived like captives from that day forward. Come on now. Only a handful went back to Jerusalem and lived like free people. Too many Christians are living like captives and are not appropriating the fact that they've been set free. So you first come to the cross of Christ where He sets the captives free, and then you pick up your spiritual weaponry to fight spiritual wars and battles. Uh, I don't have time to lay out Ephesians chapter 6, but Paul says, put on the full armor of God. There is some defensive weaponry and some… Uh, some, some uh, uh, armor that you need to put on, and then there are some offensive weapons like the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and then he finishes out that section with prayer. Now we're back to Daniel 10. Daniel's been praying, and there's some sense, I believe, that what, what, what brought about uh, victory in the spiritual conflict and in the spiritual realm was, was the focused, fervent, um, persistent and frequent prayer of Daniel. And we've got to get back to the place, friends, where we understand that prayer is the starting place. It is the ministry of the church. It's not this little thing you can get involved in over here if you want to pray and if you think you're a prayer warrior. Prayer is the ministry of the church. We can't do this thing called church the way God wants us to apart from prayer. And maybe some of the reasons you're not experiencing the breakthrough in your life or you're, you're feeling like you're in bondage to this or in bondage to that is, hey, start with prayer. Start with prayer and fasting, as Daniel did. Fasting was a sign of his fervency, that his heart was really in this, that he had humbled himself before his God. And even then, it took 21 days for the answer to come. Uh, we, we lose heart after 21 minutes, and we wonder, where's God? He didn't answer my prayer. There's a conflict going on in the spiritual realm. 
and you don't know how intense it is, call the prayer partners. Call the church to prayer so that we experience a breakthrough. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones. Something Good has done something new. We've updated our website, somethinggoodradio.org. It now has a fresh new look and a few new special features. When you stop by, be sure to watch SGTV. That's Something Good Television, a weekly broadcast featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Dr. Ron Jones. We'll archive those episodes so you can stream them anytime. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, when you send a special gift today, we'll say thank you with a gift of our own. The complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Mysteries of Babylon, how the prophecies of Daniel prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now let's join Ron for the rest of today's message, Warfare in the Heavenly Realms. Well, we've been kind of weaving in and out of Daniel chapter 10, uh, a terrifying vision about this great conflict that Daniel saw, this encounter with the heavenly messenger, conflict between angels and demons. I mean, you couldn't write a Hollywood script any better than this. Uh, let's finish up with an encouragement to be strong. Because remember, in Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul says, he says to finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Some of us as followers of Jesus are still trying to be strong in our own, I don't know, your education, your experience, your ability to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're not going to win spiritual battles that way. You're not going to get to the heart of what's causing the bondage in your life by just trying harder and pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Be, str be strong, the Scripture says here, in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God. Pick up the spiritual weapons that He's given to us. Back to Daniel 10, verse 18 and 19. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O oh man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and have a good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. This is the second time this heavenly messenger reached out to Daniel, who, you know, was a pretty strong guy, even in his 80s, sharp mind, strong in physical frame, we might say. But there was something about this season of prayer and fasting. And, and, and the conflict, the spiritual conflict going on and, and, and the sight of this heavenly messenger that wore Daniel out. Read the story carefully in Daniel 10. He passed out, and the heavenly messenger gently reaches and, you know, strengthens him. We need, we need the Lord's strength to fight these spiritual battles, and it only comes as we as we reach out to Him and as we fight spiritual battles with spiritual weaponry the way God has, has told us to. Well, not only uh, 
did Daniel believe in the devil and Antonin Scalia believed in the devil? Jesus believed in the devil and his demons, but uh, I kind of get the sense that a guy named Martin Luther, the great reformer, did as well. And we often sing a, a great hymn of the faith that gives us reason to believe Mar Martin Luther didn't think this was just uh, a medieval myth. You ever heard of Mighty Fortress is our God? A bulwark never failing, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. Lord Sabbath, His name, from age to age the same, and He must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. Yeah, a, a, a little word of prayer that's focused on the will of God and the Word of God, that's fervent, that's frequent, kind of like Daniel. Daniel was a man of prayer. And isn't it significant that it's this one spiritual discipline, really two, prayer and fasting that are highlighted in Daniel chapter 10 as perhaps the means, the spiritual means by which the conflict in the heavenly realms was brought to victory. And the vision comes. And we have chapter 10, 11, and 12. Every effort of our enemy to get between us and this word from God failed because Daniel prayed. He prayed. He prayed all the way to the end. I hope every prayer of yours and mine comes, the answer comes in 21 minutes or 21 hours. Sometimes it takes 21 days. Sometimes it takes longer than that. Sometimes it takes 21 years. But keep praying, my friend. Keep, keep praying for yourself, for one another, for your family, for our country. For every place where you see the fingerprint and the footprint of our enemy, and he's, he's at work everywhere. There's war happening all around us, and it needs God's angels are fueled by the prayers of God's people and somehow the conflict, you know, we win as a result of that. But when God's people don't pray, why should we be surprised when we, 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 we feel defeated? As a believer in Jesus Christ, we should never feel defeated because the enemy of our soul is, is already defeated. He doesn't act like it. He's not willing to accept it. His day of sentencing is coming, but the victory was won at the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His ultimate sentencing will come, well, now I'm in Revelation chapter 20. 
the great white throne judgment where death, the devil, his demons, the lake of fire, every unbeliever from ages past and present will be cast into the lake of fire. Between now and then, between the victory that was won and the final sentencing, the devil is roaming this earth in fury like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, and we're in enemy territory. I know we sing, this is my father's world, <laughs> but the Bible actually says the devil is the god of this world. He fell out of heaven in the rebellion with one-third of the angels and boom, came to this earth. You want to know why all the conflict? You want to know why the conflict in the Middle East, even as it relates to Israel? Ah, put on your spiritual glasses. See the warfare in the heavenly realms and pray, pray, pray as though the victory is ours because it is. You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, and we're so glad you joined us for today's message, Warfare in the Heavenly Realms. Ron, it's been said that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You touched briefly on this over the past couple of days, but let me ask you, why do you think so many people have trouble believing in the devil or in the demonic world in general? Brian, to be quite honest, I think some of them simply say they don't believe in Satan because they don't want to believe in the devil. Perhaps the whole idea scares them or maybe it makes them feel less in control of their lives, uh, their own destiny, uh, which is a scary idea for some all by itself. Still, others won't believe in much of anything unless it can be scientifically proven. I imagine some of them deep down believe in a spiritual realm, but many of them don't. And what you just said is right. Satan likes it when people don't believe he exists. But here's where the question becomes broader, Brian. If a person actually does believe in Satan, that person is forced by any rational measure to believe in God as well. And many people don't want to believe in God because that means they are accountable to a supreme being and they would rather be captains of their own ship. The reason I say this is because Satan is the fallen angel Lucifer, who was a creation of God. So if you're an atheist or an evolutionist, for example, you can't believe there is a Satan because you've already decided that you don't believe there is a God. Now, there's one more thing I'd like to say about this, and I'll, I'll leave it there in the interest of time. Part of the decline in our collective belief in the unseen world has to do with the church itself. Many scholars point to the 1830s, the 1890s, and the 1920s uh, when an emerging theological liberalism crept into the church. Once the gatekeepers of the culture stop uh, giving the devil his due, so to speak, well, many people are, are soon to follow, and they did. But I will say this in no uncertain terms. Jesus himself made it clear that Satan is a very real being. He alluded to his existence many times, and of course, the Bible itself has numerous references to Satan and to the demonic realm. I don't think we should ever give Satan too much attention, but to pretend he doesn't exist is a dangerous, dangerous proposition. 
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from his message, War in the Heavenly Realms. And Ron, what can you tell us about tomorrow's broadcast when you'll be moving ahead in your series, Mysteries of Babylon? You know, Brian, anytime you mention the end times or the end of this age, one of the first things people want to talk about is Armageddon, the last war this world will ever see. So I've got some good news, if you want to call it that. That's where we're headed tomorrow to the time known as Jacob's Trouble, which we find prophesied in Daniel chapter 11. But it's not just the Battle of Armageddon that's in view here. Uh, There's also the second coming of Jesus Christ, as well as the rise of a world leader known as the Antichrist. All of this is found in Daniel chapter 11, and that's where we're headed next in my continuing series, Mysteries of Babylon, how the prophecies of Daniel prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. Join us then for Something Good as Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Antichrist, Armageddon, and the fate of the Jewish people. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.